Melbourne, the last stop on our round trip was Sydney, which is probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Even though I say that about many places, but I just love this world with all its wonders. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. In October 1989, I boarded a Qantas Jumbo at Frankfurt Airport, non-stop to Singapore. Qantas didn't fly to Switzerland. The market wasn't big enough, so we had to use Lufthansa from Zurich to take the big bird. I was so excited and a little anxious. I hadn't been working a whole year even for Kuoni, and for my regular listeners, they will know that I had negotiated this trip with the tour guide department earlier in the year when they begged me to stay in Florida, even though I wanted to go on a much-deserved holiday in Switzerland. I had been told that if I'm a good girl and I stay and I work non-stop for four months, I could choose any trip I wanted. And I chose Australia. I had never been there before. And this was a big deal because the people on these tours were not just from Kuoni, Switzerland. They were from Kuoni International. They came from all over Europe. I had clients from Paris, Madrid, Zurich, Rome, Vienna, Munich. And the group was big. They were, I think they were, I don't know, don't remember, 44. We were over 40 people. Well, this is what I had wanted and this is what I got. And when I had gone for my briefing at the head office, I was shocked with the news that all the domestic airlines in Australia were on strike and had been since August. There was an absolute air chaos and the resignation of all domestic pilots had paved the way to a shutdown of the airline industry. The federal government's plan involving international carriers managed to move only about 2,000 of the 30,000 passengers who wanted to fly within Australia, who wanted to fly interstate. Oh my God, I thought, and I am going there for the first time. And we were supposed to fly ANSET from Cairns to Alice Springs and from Alice Springs to Adelaide. Another thing that I found out when I went for my briefing was that out of those over 40 people in the group, there were more than 10 who had added a week in New Zealand. And when there were more than 10 people, the tour guide went with them. So that meant that I was together with some of those people for a whole month. And I thought, I hope, I really hope that they will be nice. I got a little scared. But thank God there was a perfect tour guide's report that I could follow. Everything was written down, which was always very helpful. Anyway, let's start from the beginning. I met most of the members of the tour group in Frankfurt because they had come from all over Europe. And we flew together to Singapore. And if you have listened to previous episodes, and especially episode eight, when I was working in the Maldives, you will know that I had gone to Singapore on a visa trip because we were only allowed to stay in the Maldives for three months and then we needed a new stamp. I had come a long way since the winter 1984. 
I had grown immensely and become very cosmopolitan since then. During my first visit in Singapore, I just did a little shopping. I was a little frightened, a little sightseeing. And now I was going there with a big tour group and we had a program. I also realized that in these parts of the world, the tour guide gets a lot of perks, even more than in other places. I used to get upgraded on flights in the US and spend most of my time in business class. But when I arrived in Singapore, I had the most amazing, huge, beautiful suite and flowers and wine and fruit. We got spoiled a lot and it took me years to recover from those treatments when I wasn't a tour guide anymore and I had to pay for my flights myself and for my hotels. Once arrived in the Lion City, that's the nickname of Singapore, we did a city tour, visited Chinatown and Little India, stopped at the Marina Bay to take a picture of the famous Merlion. And we also went on a harbor cruise and I was so impressed with the amount of containers that were on those freighters in the harbor of Singapore. We spent a little time on Sentosa Island and we had a wonderful time. I have visited Singapore five, six times in my life, but have not been there since 1993 and I would really love to go back. On this particular trip though, I was anxious to move on because I didn't know what was expecting me in the land down under, the strike was hanging over my head like a Damocles sword. Our first stop was the beautiful city of Darwin, the capital city of the Northern Territory. So far, so good. Our flight from Singapore to Darwin was on Qantas and they were very reliable. We arrived in the evening we were picked up by a local agent. My tour group was happy to go out to dinner on their own because I needed to talk to Tim Nelson from Territory Tour Maker, our local agent in this part of Australia. I needed to know what was going on with all this flight situation. And he had more information than I did. He took me out to dinner and I found out the next leg of our trip from Darwin would not be going to Cairns. We would be flying to Townsville, but the transfer was already organized. It just took a little longer. After that, it started to become tricky because from Cairns to Ayers Rock, we would be flying Ansett, but they didn't fly. But I am now getting ahead of myself. I asked a thousand questions. And when Tim dropped me off at the hotel very late in the night, he told me that he had never met anybody in his life who asked so many questions. Well, I was in Australia for the first time, mate. The next day, we went on a three days tour to Kakadu National Park and we had the most amazing driver guide. The thing about these Australian guides is that they absolutely love their country, which of course they should. And they just talk and talk and talk and all in English with an Australian accent. And the problem was that I had lots of people on my bus who didn't understand English. And I had to translate everything in German, French and partly Italian. Yes, 
Plus, there were so many plants and trees which were native to Australia only. And I had no idea what they were called in any other language. I just used to make up things. It was a lot. And Kakadu National Park is an absolutely beautiful, timeless place. It's the largest national park in Australia, and it's covering almost 20,000 square kilometers. That's half of Switzerland. And it's of biodiverse nature. The terrain encompasses wetlands and rivers and sandstone escarpments, and it is home to 2,000 plant species and wildlife from saltwater crocodiles and flatback turtles to birds and whatever else you can imagine. There are lots of amazing Aboriginal rock paintings dating to prehistoric times. And we visited sites such as, I think it's called Norlanji and Nangulubur and Ubir. And if you have seen the movie Crocodile Dundee, which was partly filmed in this area, I can tell you that I met the Buffalo Charlie, who was hypnotized in Crocodile Dundee by Paul Hogan. I never really knew about these crazy Aussies, whether they were making fun of me or telling me the truth. And when they told me to always look under the toilet seat to check if there is a poisonous spider I just did that and I still do it in certain places of the world because it scared the life out of me. After these three days in Kakadu National Park, the members of the group had gotten to know each other a little bit and they had a vague idea about the problems which we were going to have because of the strike, but they didn't really know everything. All I can say is that This situation had created a bond between all of them. They had actually been offered to postpone their trip or get a refund because of the situation. But they had all decided and chosen to travel. And they knew that things could go a little, you know, sideways. So from Darwin, we flew to Townsville instead of Cairns, still with Qantas. And nobody complained even though it was already quite late in the evening, we had to drive over two hours from Downs, from Townsville to Cairns. We arrived in the evening again, stayed in a beautiful resort on the beach. And the next day, we visited the Great Barrier Reef, which is an absolutely unique place. It extends over 14 degrees of latitude. And within this huge expanse, there's a unique range of ecological communities and habitats and species, all of which make the reef one of the most complex natural ecosystems in the world. When I googled it just to prepare for this episode, I read, unfortunately, that it has had a lot of damage and this big natural ecosystem is suffering. The next day, we took the Kuranda Scenic Railway from Cairns to Kuranda in the Atherton Tableland. And this train, it's a cute train that passes through all those natural wonders, which you can almost touch from the train window. And it wakes up your senses because there is this smells, this heady organic fragrance and 
some sounds, these untamed sounds of the dens of, a, of the rainforest. And this train passes spectacular waterfalls and goes through many tunnels into that stunning barren gorge. We spent the evening under the beautiful palm trees in Palm Cove near Cairns, and everybody was having a wonderful time. In the meantime, I had found out that there was a solution for the Cairns Ayers Rock Lake for that flight. The company had decided that we were renting our own jet. And it was the only time in my life that I was making announcements on a plane. For two and a half hours, I wasn't just a tour guide, I was also the flight attendant. And we had a wonderful flight because the pilot knew that it was just us. It was just a one tour group. And he actually made a little circle over Ayers Rock, but also over the Olgas, which I personally, in my opinion, they are much more spectacular than Ayers Rock itself. After we landed, we visited the famous rock called Uluru. And this place has to be visited several times a day because depending on the sun or depending on the time of the day, it changes color. It's like blue in the morning and then it's brown during the day and in the evening it turns red. And this famous sandstone monolith is one of Australia's prime tourist attraction. The rock is very big. It has a circumference of nine and a half kilometers and it's about 350 meters high, which is higher than the Eiffel Tower. And it used to be a popular climbing destination. I climbed Ayers Rock a few times and I apologize to Australia's indigenous Anagu people because I didn't know. I know now that it is not allowed to climb it anymore. It's a sacred place. And to the Anagu, it's like to us climbing a church or to Muslims climbing a mosque. I did not know that at the time and it wasn't made clear at the time. The Anagus have long advocated a climbing ban and they finally managed to get this ban formally and it was announced in 2017, only a few years ago. But while we were watching the sunset at Ayers Rock, we happened to be there with an American film crew and the actor Tom Selleck, who was shooting a movie called Quickly Down Under, was there with the other actors and the production crew. So I can say that I watched the sunset at A.S. Rock with Tom Selleck. I think that's a funny story. So now the time had come to prepare my lovely group for the next leg of our journey. And after a night in the mighty Kings Canyon, which is part of the Watarka National Park, beautiful place, majestic destination with 300 meters high sandstone walls, a little bit like Grand Canyon, but smaller, and some palm-filled crevices and an amazing view over the de desert because basically the red center is in the middle of a huge desert. Watarka National Park is only three hours away from Iluru. We went there by bus and it is home to that mighty Kings Canyon and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Now, we were supposed the next day to fly from Alice Springs to Adelaide, but there were no flights. 
And we had no more budget for another jet, for another private plane. So we had to take the train. And I didn't know what was expecting us. Because during that long dinner in Darwin with Pim Nelson, he told me that the trains have wooden seats. And the thing is that you you never know whether these Australian people were making fun or telling the truth. The trip on this train, which is called the Gan from Alice Springs to Adelaide, is 25 hours. And we couldn't find any sleepers because everybody was taking trains at the time. We only had sit-ups. My oldest client was a lovely 85-year-old French lady. There was an Austrian couple who were way into their 70s and some other people who were not so young anymore. We had a bit of everything, but this tour group was fantastic. Everybody was looking out for each other. They reacted so well to the news about the train. They actually were excited because it was an unexpected adventure. There was no train ride in any other tour uh, program. So we boarded the train. We settled, we organized food, or I organized food. We played games, we sang. I remember we were singing songs. Everybody came up with a song from their country. And from about one hour outside Alice Springs to Port Augusta, which is about three hours away from Adelaide, there was mostly desert. There was nothing. And that's when you realize how big that country is. So after 25 hours, we arrived in Adelaide, tired, smelling a little funny, but in great spirits. And the group had bonded even more. We also knew that from now on, our flights were secured because from Adelaide to Melbourne and from Melbourne to Sydney, we were flying good old Qantas again. Adelaide is a beautiful town and we had a wonderful local guide to show us around. I also remember a long walk along the Torrens River with one of my members of the group. She was a nurse from Barbados and she was traveling on her own and we had become friends during that time. And another unforgettable memory from Adelaide is the day trip by plane to Kangaroo Island. There was a plane just for our tour group and the flight took 35 minutes from Adelaide to Kingscote. And on one of the trips, I remember it wasn't that first one, but on one of the trips, there was no space for me anymore in the bigger plane. And I had to travel with a Japanese couple in a small piper. These are all such rare experiences. Over a third of Kangaroo Island is protected by the government, its nature reserves, and it is home to native wildlife like sea lions, koalas, all sorts of birds. And in the west, in Flinders Chase National Park, there are penguin colonies and amazing rock formations because there's a lot of wind. And these Rock formations are like sculpted rocks. There is an area called Remarkable Rocks. And then there is another area which is called um, Admiral's Ark, which is covered with stalactites. In those days, one was allowed to cuddle a koala. And I will always remember how light and fluffy they were. When I think back of these places and all the things I did, I realize more and more how blessed I am 
to have had such opportunities in my life. I was doing exactly what I loved and I was getting paid for it. So from Adelaide onwards to Melbourne, our flight was with Qantas, things were easy. This the first time I didn't particularly like Melbourne. It was a bit like LA. It's big and, and you don't find your way around so well. But once you get to know it, it really grows on you. And I love Melbourne now. There is so much to see. There's so much to do. There is a lot of culture. There are lots of museums. And we stayed at the Regent Hotel, which is now the Sofitel. And I always got a suite on a very, very high floor. And all of Melbourne was at my feet. We always had a wonderful city tour and never enough time to visit everything. But one thing that I do remember during the Melbourne city tours, we visited a jewelry store and everybody or most of the ladies bought opals, of course, a little souvenir from Australia. And those were precious stones. They were expensive. And the envelope with my commission arrived at the hotel before I got back from the city tour. They were very efficient. It was a nice little side income. When I was in Melbourne with my kids in 2011, we had a little more time and I loved everything we saw and visited. And of course, I also fondly remember visiting my friend Helen, who is Cypriot, Australian Cypriot, who used to live here. And it was just so wonderful to see her. There is a special place in my heart, which is located about 125 kilometers away from Melbourne. Philip Island brings out the child in me every time I go there. The Penguin Parade at sunset is better than any Disney movie. When those little creatures start coming out of the sea, my heart melts. At first there's one, and then there's another one, and then they look back if everyone is coming out, and then they start rattling towards their nests, and you can hear them chat together in their homes. It's so beautiful. It's like a family having dinner in the evening. It's just that they've already had their dinner in the sea before they came out. It's such a beautiful experience. After Melbourne, the last stop on our round trip was Sydney, which is probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Even though I say that about many places, but I just love this world with all its wonders. The waterfront with the opera house in Sydney is unique. The restaurants on the rocks are amazing. And of course, Darling Harbour is worth a visit. And shopping is great. And as a matter of fact, it's in Sydney that I allowed my 15-year-old daughter, Natalie, to go shopping on her own in a strange town for the first time, while Alexi, my son, and I went to the gym at the hotel because she just took too long to shop. So we decided to do something different. Of course, I always took my tour groups for a drink up on Sydney Tower because I love to see these places from above. And it wasn't any different in Australia. I used to take them on uh, in Toronto on C CN Tower and to the Carnelian Room in San Francisco. So um, I love these places. I love looking at towns from above and when all the lights are on even more. When I was in, in Australia with my kids 10 years ago, we also visited Taronga Zoo, 
And then we took the train south to Naura and visited our friends Toby and Duncan and their kids in Jervis Bay. We spent a few days with them and we were invited by Angie and her husband on an amazing catamaran excursion. We walked on Hyams Beach, which is the whitest beach in the world. And we just had a wonderful time with all these people, with Karen and Karin and Tanya. And I would just so love to go back there one day and visit them all. I miss you guys. I'd love to go back to Australia. I also remember buying a train ticket from Sydney to Naura, which is about three hours. And I was arguing with the agent who sold me the tickets because I thought that he hadn't understood where I wanted to go because it was so cheap. One adult and two children was like $14. And I just thought that this is impossible. Good for you, Australia, for making public transportation so affordable. But coming back to my round trip with the tour group, well, for most people, the tour ended in Sydney after three weeks. But I traveled on with 12 of the members of the group for another week to New Zealand. And this will be another episode because that's another absolutely beautiful, amazing country. This particular trip with the airline strike, however, was unique. And I was so glad that everything had gone so well, considering it was my first time in Australia, big group, so many problems. All the members in the group had become friends and I received the biggest trip that I had ever received in all the years that I ever received on a tour. The amount was big enough to buy a beautiful Raymond Vale watch on the way back during the stopover in Singapore. Ah, and I nearly forgot. On the way back from Sydney to Frankfurt, stopping over in Singapore, Qantas had upgraded me to first class, not to business, to first. And this was my only time in my life I have actually ever flown first class. It was amazing. If you like my podcasts, please subscribe and download all the episodes and tell your friends about it and your family and the whole world. Tell everybody about it. If you like what you hear and you want to know more about what I do, check out my website www.thesoulkit.com.